Welcome back to another episode of Two Confirmations. We are the Black Brothers. My name is Paul. My name's Chris. And welcome today to a conversation about Bitcoin. <laughs> Who would have known? Who would have guessed? Now, in prior conversations, we've talked about the technology of, of the blockchain technology and what differentiates it from the current um, use cases. Today, we're diving into what differentiates one blockchain use versus another. Blockchain, not Bitcoin, is this conversation we've, we've heard out there. And I say heard, realizing that I'm not running into people in the street that are uh, you know, hotly debating Bitcoin versus blockchain, at least uh, not yet, right? Uh, the, the best I've seen is a dude in a sombrero saying, buy Bitcoin. But uh, I, I do see it online. I see it on Medium and on Twitter, people talking about oh, this blockchain technology is really interesting, but I just don't know about Bitcoin. Like, you know, oh, it's too volatile, or I just, I can never really see the adoption of Bitcoin. Uh, I think something else will come out, you know, somebody else will come out with something better. Uh, you know, blockchain tech is really interesting, but Bitcoin is just uh, not the answer. You know, to us, there is something unique about Bitcoin or its implementation of, of blockchain technology itself. And today we want to be able to dive into what those features are because for us it really does bring out oh there is something to bitcoin and that just because you hear blockchain doesn't mean it's necessarily a new or good or innovative uh use of the technology whereas bitcoin's imp implementation of it is for me i would call myself a bitcoin maximalist but that doesn't mean that i don't think other projects and even centralized blockchain projects aren't going to be successful in the future. I just think that Bitcoin is going to be a standard that people are going to use and there's going to be other solutions, you know, layer two solutions that sit on top of it. I think it's going to be a store of value, you know, a digital gold. And, um, you know, I'm excited to get into this episode with you and talk about, you know, some of those elements and, and even the, the disadvantages of a decentralized system, because there are disadvantages to it, but I think that the trade-offs uh, are important to talk about, understand, and to you know, look at a project and decide, should this be a decentralized project, or maybe should we keep it centralized and just have it open, have it available for people to see what the transactions are, and in that case, maybe it does make sense to have an open, uh, to have a uh, a ledger where everybody can see, you know, a public ledger, uh, but still have it be centralized. There's some recent news about uh, another project out there called the, the, so JP Morgan is launching it. It's their, you know, JP Morgan coin. And, you know, they're pegging that coin to the US dollar and saying, hey, here's this blockchain technology get excited we're, we're releasing this so the, the the first point that i think is that the jp morgan coin is centralized so it's a group of people all making decisions around inflation around that pegging you know sure they say they're going to peg it now but if you look back at the u.s government for you know the last hundred years the dollar was pegged to gold. And then in the 70s, Nixon said, hey, we're not gonna peg it to gold anymore. 
And uh, nothing changed for a while, but it, it really did devalue the dollar when that happened. And so that's one problem that I can see with this centralized coin that, that it really is blockchain technology, but it's centralized. And some of the points we brought up before, what makes it centralized, it either be, you know, who has authority to uh, run it, um, incentives, you know, is it, is it being mined? Is it, um, or is it one central authority who has the power to shut the coin down or to, uh, to continue to run it? Um, what other aspects might, might differentiate it in terms of being centralized? So when you say centralized, what do you mean? So there's uh, the fault tolerance uh, of, you know, comparing a centralized to a decentralized system. Uh, I think of, you know, Amazon, it, it, it's centralized, but it maybe is a distributed system because they've got, you know, AWS clusters all around the world. So they're distributed, but it's still a trusted third party is controlling all of that. So if they were to make a decision you know, we're going to stop carrying all movies and we're not going to let anybody host movies on our network. They could make a decision, roll that out, and they control, you know, all of the distribution. They control all the servers. They could control, you know, the, the file formats that are on AWS and, you know, essentially flip a switch and, and lock that ability to, you know, upload a movie or upload an MP4 or something. And in Bitcoin's case, as a, as a more distributed use of blockchain, it's running on copies all over the world. Mm -hmm. And so you can't just shut down one computer uh, and, and have it flip off or, or copies of it. You get, you know, there's just hundreds of thousands of copies uh, running it. What's the other case that kind of on the spectrum of centralized uh, blockchain and then we compare it to, to Bitcoin? Yeah, so uh, attack resistance uh, for a decentralized system like Bitcoin uh, it, you don't have the, the the same problems that you do in a centralized system. So if if you were to hack into a bank, for instance, you know uh, I can remember this uh, movie with Sean Connery and uh, Catherine Zeta Jones, where they are uh, trying to hack into a server and and you know just change one thing in in Kuala Lumpur. And by, by hacking into that centralized um, computer, they were able to you know, get all this money, right? And uh, it, it was because it was a centralized system that they could go into one entry point and, and access everything. Whereas, you know, as you brought up, uh, Bitcoin nodes are all over the world and it, there's actually nobody deciding who can have a Bitcoin node and who can't, right? So it, there's an inherent attack resistance because people can create a node and they're, it's checking all the other nodes to verify uh, who has the correct blockchain. I think two of the computing power it would take to take over the network uh, in terms of being the 51% attack or, or being able to hold off of that is another feature of, of Bitcoins, at least it's use of the consensus model of proof of work to, to withstand uh, that maybe someone who has a lot of uh, resources to throw at it, you know, just really becomes insurmountable. Or again, the, the economic system of it, if someone were to uh, want to attack the Bitcoin network, you know, by, not by default, but, but in doing that would devalue the network itself. 
And then you've got two more examples uh, or features that, again, what makes Bitcoin as an example of a very decentralized use of, of blockchain versus a more centralized version of blockchain. So there's inherent incentive models in, in both of these, in a centralized and in a decentralized. And in a centralized system, there's what I think of as a misalignment of that incentive model where the, the people in power are really either trying to perpetuate their own power or they're trying to just get wealthier. Uh, in the, the best organizations, you might think of the leader as somebody that's like a servant leader that's really trying to put the, the ideals of the organization ahead of themselves. But there's still something called the principal agent problem where th there is still a misalignment where they can uh, you know, get that larger jet or they can misappropriate funds for themselves. And so when you have a centralized system, uh, you'll see often a lot of projects have these founders rewards, right? So they create the project and bef you know, it might even be a decentralized project, but before they release that into the wild, maybe they do a pre-mine on it. Uh, so they're like creating coins ahead of time. And so that's one of the unique things about Bitcoin is that, uh, yes, Satoshi was the first one mining. Uh, he gave it away or he has just stopped using it. We, we don't know, you know, and I say he, it's he, she, it, they uh, have not touched those funds and believe that, that he may, you know, he may be gone now. And so those, those keys, you know, there's no access there. Whereas with, you know, a centralized system like this JP Morgan coin, they can change the rules of the game. They could lock somebody out or they could rewrite it, transactions. If they didn't like a, you know, a certain group of people like buying these coins, they could retroactively uh, make a change and say, okay, no, we're gonna rewind because we, we found a hack. But then also, even if you weren't a part of that hack, you might be able to control it. Or uh, if they were to go into a government where the government said, hey, we want to have control over somebody's thing or we want to be able to censor it. Uh, it's not censorship resistant because it's centralized. And so there's people that are in control of that versus a de decentralized and distributed system like Bitcoin. Yeah, as you're discussing, I'm getting a fuller picture of, of these projects that um, people say, well, the future is, is blockchain, it's, it's not Bitcoin. And while there's a lot of innovative solutions using blockchain technology, there's a lot of not so innovative uh, uh, solutions being put out there. And that's why, again, why we believe that Bitcoin as a use and implementation of, of, of blockchain technology um, is gonna be around, is, is unique in itself because of these features, because of their, the, the more decentralized um, aspect of it. Well, I'm, and we didn't talk about this earlier, but I, I think one of the other features is the network effect of Bitcoin, which is just that enough people know about it, enough people have it, that it's distributed out amongst so many people that, uh, you know, you might think of it as the first mover advantage, that they've been in the, the market, that they have the largest, largest market share. But I really do think that it, Bitcoin's approach of move slowly 
but keep iterating on this process, keep iterating on the code and just keep improving as bugs come out. I really do think it's the, the best way out there, at least for a store of value. You know, there's other projects out there that are doing really interesting things, but uh, I, I think Bitcoin's here to stay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely not to say that uh, there are other projects, but it definitely can't discount Bitcoin. Or when you hear uh, maybe more on the investment side, people say, you know, maybe you haven't gotten in or maybe they're, um, you know, saying it publicly so as to, to manipulate the market. Um, no, Bitcoin really is unique uh, in its implementation uh, of the blockchain technology. Uh, I was not to say there are other interesting um, implementations, but Bitcoin itself is, is something to behold. Um, and the last aspect um, you, you wanted to bring up was the idea that it's permissionless. Um, and so what, is that, what does that mean? Yeah, so that means that it doesn't take somebody granting you permission to be able to start a node or to be mining on it. Uh, whereas back to a permission system, you know, there's this trusted third party would be the bank or in, in the JP Morgan coin, it'd be JP Morgan. And they're the ones that are running the servers. They're the ones that are dictating and controlling who is able to write transactions to the public ledger, right? And so, yes, it's blockchain where they, they may have it be a public ledger and be able to see all the transactions that happen on it. So that that is maybe a, a new innovation where they're adding something that hasn't been in the market in the past. You know, like I couldn't log into Wells Fargo and see your transactions happening on it, right? And so with blockchain tech, it, one of those features is this, uh, you know, public ledger being able to see all the transactions on there, but it's still centralized. So not everybody can write to the, that ledger. So the, the opposite of that would be, per, you know, so JP Morgan would be permissioned and Bitcoin is permissionless. So anybody can spin up, uh, well, you know, anybody with enough uh, knowledge can spin up a Raspberry Pi and have that be a Bitcoin node. Uh, you can also get something from like Casa and get a Casa uh, node that gives you control. And uh, Jameson Lop goes into some really interesting points around security and the importance of having your own node because for one thing, it, it makes it more secure. Um, the way Bitcoin works is a UTXO, so it's uh, unspent transactions. In order for you to pay me, it's usually, it, it might be three previous transactions, it might be 17 previous transactions that you're holding the coins of those previous transactions, and you're just giving me access, you know, I'm the next person in that block to those transactions, and so they say Bitcoin's pseudonymous because of this UTXO infrastructure. But when you don't have your own node, when you're using um, like a, a custodial service, it can be very easy for people to track all of the, where those funds came from, where they're going, and you lose all your, your anonymity. Whereas when you own your own node, you can actually choose which... Uh, you know, when you uh, write a transaction, you can choose which nodes it writes to. You can be watching if a node is consistently not 
uh, following the rules and their transactions are being rejected. Uh, you can do all sorts of cool stuff that, uh, you know, so one is protect your privacy. Two is uh, nodes and uh, Bitcoin miners basically get to vote on which chain they're contributing transactions to. And so uh, when a 51% attack is happening or uh, if, if you knew that uh, North Korea had recently gotten a hold of a whole bunch of Bitcoins and they were trying to sell them, you could reject those transactions or you could choose to not you know, use that node. So it, it really becomes, um, a, you, know, you become a powerful part of the network and get to make choices. Now, sure, to the way it works today, you have to be fairly knowledgeable about how it all works in order to, to do that. But I can imagine in five or 10 years, having more layers of abstraction where we're able to see some of some of this stuff you could have a map of you know what nodes are there or you know the data analysis you know real-time data analysis around all the nodes that are near you or nodes around the world and you could elect to broadcast to the nodes that you trust and, and specifically not broadcast to try nodes you don't trust and i like a point you bring up is even if you for example, myself, don't have the capacity to set that up. It's the idea that anyone can, and in the future, any, everyone still will be able to uh, participate, to buy, to transact. Right? There's, no, there's no one you need permission from to, to be able to be a part of the network. Um, so the, to wrap it up, I, I kind of want to bring up this, this idea of, you know, if I'm, if I'm listening here, I'd wonder, like JP Morgan, why even use blockchain te technology? Why not use the current um, database and ledger system? And, and so you brought one thing, you know, maybe they're trying to offer transparency or speed or use the, the cryptographic nature to, to make it more secure. What are, what are some other proponents, you know, to play devil's advocate? Why are, why are they using the blockchain technology in the first place? My, my first thought is because of the hype, right? Uh, because it, it's this, you know, interesting technology and uh, you know, people are, I mean, heck, I was even excited, like, oh man, like imagine a decentralized Uber, imagine a decentralized, you know, pizza delivery, you know, all these different things, or a decentralized Amazon. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I looked into something called Open Bazaar, which is uh, basically a decentralized version of Amazon. And somebody on Twitter made the point that, that nobody's using it partially because it's hard to set up a, a node on a Raspberry Pi or to leave your computer up running 24 seven to, to, to be uh, a server and, and to host that website. Uh, but even for a centralized company like JP Morgan to be more transparent about what's happening, uh, you know, behind their, their wall garden behind, uh, you know, what they're doing, like th there is, is a potential benefit to uh, being more transparent about transactions and what's really happening. You know, um, I haven't really thought through. Uh, so one example might be uh, startups. Like, uh, if I was a, a network of VCs, you know, I control the network of VCs, and we were all pooling money into startups. Uh, it would be really nice to be able to see how those startups are spending money, right? Even if they're like. If they were spending money on services for to other companies, I'd want to hold those other companies accountable, you know. Or if I was a VC and I had invested in five companies, but I knew a hundred other VCs, 
and there were, there were different service providers for all of our companies, it'd be really great for me to be able to see you know, the, the transactions that were happening for other startups and how other startups were using their funds and you know, what's their runway, like, you know, all this kind of stuff. So um, I, I think transparency can be a good thing um, and there, there may be reasons to have a centralized system. You know, everything doesn't need to be distributed. And then one last question is when they do use uh, blockchain technology, why don't, why don't they make it de more decentralized? Yeah, so uh, it can be a lot slower. Uh, when you have a whole bunch of people, and I, some of these things I, I recall now talking about last time, but uh, when you're upgrading your network, you don't have a guarantee that all of the miners, you know, so if, you know, the supply and the demand side, like kind of on, on the supply side, like the, the miners, you can't guarantee that they're all going to go onto a chain, you know, like uh, Ethereum experienced this recently with Constantinople. They're like, oh, hey, we're going to upgrade to this. Oh, wait, everybody don't upgrade. We're, we're finding some problems. And some people ended up upgrading anyway, right? So that's an issue on the supply side, on the demand side, or on the user side, uh, you have all of these implementations of wallets, of, um, you know, like thinking of SegWit, um, and not all the users are gonna upgrade to the latest version of that wallet, or even to wallets that support the upgraded version, like SegWit, right? And so that can be a huge problem. You, you always have to be backwards compatible knowing that that backwards compatibility might have some security issues, you know? Um, all right, I'm thinking of uh, Zcash had a recent bug that happened and, um, and people were asking, well, how do we know that this bug hasn't been, um, uh, been, like, been tapped into to exploit, uh, yeah, the bug hasn't been exploited? And the answer is, well, we only just barely caught it and we hardly understood it. So we don't think anybody else really understands it. And I was like, oh man, that's not a good, <laughs> a good justification for it. So the, only, the other answer I saw was, well, when everybody upgrades to this next version of the coin, we'll know that, that the old version of the coin is deprecated and that uh, there's no bad, bad coins out there because we've all upgraded. Well, that's only true when everybody upgrades. So uh, all that is to say, like upgrades are a problem. Speed is another problem. All right, that that gives a good picture of of as we dive forward. We obviously there's a theme here that we obviously believe in a decentralized, permissionless future, and, and the proponents of it, but it's not without its challenges, uh, and and not without uh, it being the early days of, of figuring out how to overcome those uh, challenges. Yeah. Um, so I do look forward to taking that next step and as we continue to um, share uh, spe more specifically um, some other uh, use cases of, of the technology in, 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 in a more decentralized format. But today uh, I really enjoy getting to dive into, well, what still makes Bitcoin itself and not just the blanket term blockchain technology uh, unique in its case. Yeah, it was fun chatting with you, Paul. Thanks, Chris. And cheers. Yeah.